I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined this week again by our lovely special guest host, Lisa Eastham. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Joe. Hey. hey. And we are joined by lovely uh, special guests, Juan Barkeen. What's up, Juan? Hi there. Lovely. I mean, that's so, so kind. <laughs> You have to live up to that that uh, status now. God, I hope I do. But um, so we watched this week. I, I, Latoya uh, regrettably missed one of the most uh, the most Latoya things. Yeah, but at the same time, it's missing Mary Cherry. Uh, we watched Popular season two, episode sixteen, depending on which running order you watch. Um, <laughs> fag, which I'm gonna say it up front. This episode uses a lot of the word fag, which we obviously do not. Uh, you know, endorse, but it'd be impossible to discuss this. Luckily, I mean, even though they mentioned the N-word as well, they're not throwing that around, too. Oh, so, it was it was very, like, heavy-handed uh, late 90s, 2000 liberal white guilt extravaganza Sounds this entire episode. Right. <laughs> so, we're gonna get into it, but, so if that's offensive to you, f- feel free to back out. I just, you know, I think we're gonna be pretty honest about it. It's There's a lot to make fun of, as much as there's actually some, some decent stuff we're not going to be, be throwing it around willy-nilly. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and the weird thing about this episode, which we can get right into it, is that I remember watching this live and probably finding it, like, incredibly, like, groundbreaking, in quotation marks. <laughs> the but thing it's... is, like, it probably was in 2001. Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> I, I mean, it was interesting, of course, to see anybody talking about, I mean, any kind of, like, human rights issue on a network TV show, which, I mean, that's kind of sad, but we had the West Wing at this point, I think, or it was right around this time, so it's certainly not possible, it's not impossible that this has been brought up in other situations, although the West Wing was more like, like, um, high concept politics, like Israel and stuff, this was a little bit more, you know, personal, um, so that was kind of interesting, and I know, I'm trying to think, like, I know around this time there's probably similar stuff going on in Dawson's Creek, there was similar stuff going on in some of the other shows that I've watched, but, and I think Buffy, even around this time, is starting to, to I mean, I know Willow's still dating Oz, but soon enough they broached the topic as well, but they never really did it so... In your face. This is very in your <sighs> face. Not to be, no, no it, it, it is, it is incredible, it's, I mean, it, it reminds you... Like, there's a lot of this show that you're like, this is by Ryan Murphy, but this is an episode where like, oh, this is by right. Ryan Murphy, because exactly. this is basically Glee before Glee was Glee. This episode is literally, like, the second I started the episode, I was just thinking, okay, this episode became theatricality from Glee. That's exactly what this episode is. Yeah. Like... It's weird. It's I just don't understand how this is supposed to be... I mean... This show, for example, okay, I told Lisa as well, before I started watching this episode, the run the run order of this, this show is a little bit tricky to follow, because sometimes people list the 16th episode as, I think it's like the, I think it's, I think it's called like about, it's whatever it was, it was the one where Mary Cherry auditions for uh, American Idol stand-in, uh, Teen Tarts, and that just starts out like, I mean, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try and find a link to that, that bit and then put it in the description, because... Compared to this episode, that is, like, so bizarrely high-concept absurdist, and this is all heavy-handed, intense, emotional, like, guilty sadness. It's like, just for most making, of the episode. There's it's not making a lot of humor everybody in this. feel terrible about everything. Yeah. And any of the humor, and any of the humor is, like, really, like, they'll say it, it'll be, like, humorous until someone, like, slaps you in the face. It's like making a joke and then someone slaps you. Like, it's it's not very conducive to a, a funny tone that the show was really, I think, known for, which is why it was a very special episode kind of deal. And that's that's the kind of style that really got overboard with Glee, I think, is where Glee became a lot more preachy than it was 
funny, and yeah. you gotta you gotta I don't know, juggle that a little bit better. Like this episode is popular's afternoon special, and Glee just became a series of afternoon specials. Exactly, and 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 with a show with someone like Mary Cherry, for example, we mentioned her and Nicole are both basically not in this episode. I think if Mary Cherry's even in it, it's a cameo, and and if Nicole's in it, it's one line. Mary it's Cherry a- is not in it. At all. Nicole's in it, but it has like cry. one line, and then a couple times she's just sitting in the class and not saying anything. But Any episode of a show where Mary Cherry exists and she's not in is genuinely a crime. Yeah, but I actually <laughs> and- I saw on IMDb that apparently Leslie Grossman had a thing in her contract that she got a week off every now and then because she was so good. That was such a hot. She was so good, yeah. <laughs> but she was that was such a high energy like over the top character that she needed like a break. I respect every that. now and then. I can understand. So I guess that, this but... was her break week. So. <sighs> but I like I said before as well, I don't think that you could have had an episode like this with a Mary Cherry because Mary Cherry is gonna pop every bubble that flows up on it. Because this is like a nonstop like like, oh my god, people are shattering glass. Oh my god, people are shattering misconceptions and it's like every five seconds. And if Mary Cherry's there, she's gonna call all this bullshit out. Like, for good or for, right. for for better or for worse. She won't always be probably what you want to hear, but she's gonna she's gonna push boundaries in a way that this episode let all, let Lily do all of that. And Lily, who I enjoy Lily the character, but she's known for being... I mean, I respect Josh, at least, even though Josh has plenty of flaws in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he at least acknowledges, look, you kind of go over the top with all of your causes. Let's not make this just one in a list. And it's true, because, I mean, even um, Carly Pope, I always forget her name, but even Sam, Sam even Sam says to her, like, look, I'm down for your, your causes, but I'm not going to be, uh, well, I'll get to that scene in a second. But she, they all kind of say right from the get-go, like, listen, Lily, this is a lot more about, like, you're going on a personal tirade crusade, and a lot little, like, eventually it does become personal for her, but at first it seems a lot more just, like, her version of standing up for her ideals. And it's not a very realistic approach, because immediately it's 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 completely it's torn apart like the whole the whole school gets like it's a terrible approach and we will get into it because she she has the best of intentions but she's doing it by way of like hey new kid you're gay right and it's just or you know hey hey miss glass you're probably gay too aren't you and it's like you can't just like say that to people like not how you approach life and well why don't we jump so. why don't we jump into it because we're gonna keep getting back to this because there's a <laughs> lot of like like oh you've experienced some kind of judgment me too here's my whole life story and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa this is not this you can't equate all of this as the same thing because i mean i will say having grown up in the 2000s when in the high i was in high school when this aired so i definitely would have been their target audience but like i was not experiencing that, that it's a different kind of like, I mean, uh, it's weird, because when I grew up, I think that we did have people who were definitely homophobic, who were racist, who were um, prejudiced in general, and then who were rude to people who were overweight, for example, like, that kind of stuff. That's totally, I completely buy that. But at the end of the day, you can't just equate all types of prejudices as equal, because that's just not fair to people experiencing them. Because I exactly. guarantee that the prejudice that I got in high school for being a nerd who watched Popular every night is not the same thing as someone who was like beat up for being gay right. or something you know it's it's a little weird that she just jumps on that grenade like she's this like spiritual <laughs> crusader and she's really not even experienced it till the end of the episode any kind of like true prejudice more or less last year she got a little bit of prejudice she brings up for having gay thoughts <laughs> yeah 
I'm like, girl, that's not the same thing at all. Let's not, let's not pretend. Like, it's almost like she's saying, look, I had a gay dream once, so I know exactly what it's like to be gay. It's like, no, you do not. Let's shut the fuck up. In the words of Ben Wyatt, who hasn't had gay thoughts? Really? Exactly. (laughs) It's, it's, it's absurd. So, so let's, all right, let's get into it. So it starts off with, um, there's a new guy who shows up asking very, like, very sweetly, where's chemistry class? And, I mean, right from the beginning, Sugar um, had mentioned that, you know, what was he even, he was making fun of something? Like, Weren't something they just, the like, doing, like, a gay voice? Yeah, Josh yeah. was telling him, like, oh, you, you know, are you, have you been dieting? You look good. And then they just started doing the stereotypical gay bo- voice, like, hey, Because nothing sexy. says gay, like, commenting on each other's appearances? Yeah. Hey, of you course. sexy beast. <sighs> you know, they were, like, lisping and all that, like, teenage boys. God forbid you, you tell your friend they're looking good and they're gonna be like, oh my god, you want my dick? Like, it's I mean, so listen, weird. As, as a gay man, that is very clearly what we do all the time. Oh, is it? Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I had a gay dream once, so I kind of know what you're talking about, but I'm not positive. It's okay, our pain is equal. Yeah, so so Nicole, Nicole, right from the beginning, this is like Nicole's one line, which I do enjoy. They get, they get to this chemistry class after they basically make fun of the poor random I'm, I'm assuming this is supposed to be a ryan murphy like literal like self-insert because his name is ryan rose but i don't it's, i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's that obvious or it's actually brian but yeah close enough. oh was it brian yeah. if i was ryan yeah. okay well even still but brian rose anyway so there's a brian I just rose called him chris colford jr the entire time uh, he, he has like no role besides being like equally sad and ridiculous <laughs> so um but he he asked where chemistry class is and Josh and Sugar, for, I mean, two people who, obviously, they're a little bit, you know, snarky at times, don't really come across as bullies for the most part. Am I mis- do I ever misremember that? No. I guess they were mean and they to really Harrison were, I don't the think they really season. were being bullies. They were just kind of doing that, that thing where they're, like, joking, but not realizing, realizing it can be harmful. You've never met this kid, though. You, know? you can't just do that with a stranger who's the first day of school, doesn't know where chemistry class is. It's like, I guess it's right. high school, but... Well, no, it's it's rude, but it's not really... Because he asked where it is, and I, I guess you could, on paper, claim that this guy has a vague uh, lisp. I, I would imagine is what they're trying to go for, but even that, he just kind of has a high voice, and, and Sugar gets back to him just like, oh, it's over there, like that like standard stereotypical gay voice, what he's trying to do. And like does the like does like hand motions and real wavy. It's just it's very weird for those two characters to be that because it wasn't to me just like they were being like rude. It, it felt kind of like they were being mean to him. And I could see them doing that to like Harrison, someone I know. But it was bizarre for it to be a strange new kid. That, but anyway, they tell him where the chemistry class is. Later on, we get into that class. It's obviously Glass's classroom. Oh God, and um, the lesson. The lesson. I, I don't even know what the lesson was supposed to <laughs> oh, be. No. It's about homogenization. Exactly. What, because they mention homogenization 57 times in the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's like, talking, I guarantee you. talking about milk. How much do you want to? How much do you want to bet that Ryan Murphy woke up that day and he has word of the day calendar, clipped the next page off? He's like, "Oh man, homogenized. I'm gonna yeah. nail it today." And the, well, that, or he was just pouring his milk into his cereal. Oh, like, oh and he's like, oh, "This is the man, greatest metaphor good. I have ever come up with." And. Like, I'm just trying to visualize, like, in high school, I definitely never learned about homogenization like that. Like, someone pulled out a beaker full of milk that they they squeezed out of an udder. Like, it was bizarre in general. I went, but, to, uh, a performing ar- I went to a performing arts high school. We definitely did not talk about milk in class. No, really? You didn't? I'm shocked. I mean, I'm pretty sure that never happened in my chemistry class ever, but, like... <laughs> the- what? 
chemistry too. Like it's not even yeah. like it's biology. It's chemistry. So it really makes no sense. But um, Glass has a has a um, beaker full of milk that she she had uh, milked herself from a cow at a petting zoo, which of course is the joke. Um, and Nicole immediately. This is the Nicole's one line, and I love that she kind of like moonwalks her way out of the episode gracefully because it's like such a great line to go out on. And she's just like. Because they're explaining homogenization and how before it's been, you know, uh, homogenized, milk automatically separates itself. And she's like, so raw milk is like our culture. The best stuff rises to the top. (laughs) Yep, Nicole. Yep. And that's it. And and then then immediately after that, we have more of Sugar doing, like, weird... effeminate stuff it's it's again weird for him to be i guess maybe i don't i'm misremembering it because i feel like because even by the end of the episode he's totally like eating crow so it's like it just does feel like a very like we need somebody to be mean so we're just gonna have you two do it because yeah you know, no it's, the it's very offbeat for his character and the entire cold open is just like the preachiest most awkward introduction to these characters like had i never seen an episode of the show before and i've only seen this one as my intro i would have just been immediately turned off by it yeah yeah i absolutely well, would have because I everyone's think just what he was jerk what they were trying to do was to show you like the different levels of like homophobia and hate yeah. like okay josh and sugar even your friends are homophobic right josh and sugar would never say oh we're homophobic but they're doing things that come off that way. But they're not as bad as the guy later who, like, will say it right to your face and then beat your ass or whatever. And Josh, though, very, like, I mean, maybe that's part of it is the ingrained, like... I mean, I have to remember, too, this was 2000-something, so it was a little bit more dated. But Josh also says, once once they all... I think it was, like, Lily was, like, stop it, sugar. And he's like, hey, quit it. Drops another f bomb. Josh just full on. Just I'm like, what? I I mean, I can understand them doing the effeminate stuff, but him like, like I don't understand that at all. I, I don't. Josh never struck me as the kind of person who's walking around calling people like the f word. Any yeah. anything anything like I don't I don't picture him really being rude to anyone. That's the thing about Josh is he's like a, a doofus for sure, but he's not gonna be like mean to anybody that I remember. Maybe not. On purpose, you might be like judgmental, like you know, she's not hot, and then you have to explain why it's not—it's your opinion, Josh. That kind of stuff, fine. <laughs> but like, I don't—I can't picture him walking up to someone and calling them like a bitch or something either. Like, it's bizarre. And so he just says that under his breath to Sugar. Of course, they don't really even—that kind of just gets glazed over completely. They almost make Sugar the only bad guy in the episode, even though Josh is equally kind of not great. Um, and then, um, uh, weirdly, Glass takes the takes a side of josh and sugar like calm down it's just a word i'm yeah. like what and which we get it to later there's a reason why um she's kind of siding with them um because if you've never seen this show glass although I-, I would say she has a masculine energy they've never at this point ever really addressed her sexuality so you c- it's kind of up in the air and you don't really know it's it's not unlike like we're saying ryan murphy has a wheelhouse it's very similar to a um uh uh, what yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think Glass is, is like Sue? a combination of like for Glee people what Sue and Coach Beast was. Yes, on mm-hmm. the show. Camp Beast, exactly. Yeah. A little bit of both, but very, very um, critical of people. So you can't tell whether or not she's like siding with them because she doesn't want the drama, or she just is offended, or doesn't care, or isn't offended, and all that kind of stuff. It's all very yeah, bizarre. My favorite motivation. part of this scene yeah, is when she says that, no. um, like, well, no kids in my class are gay, so it's fine. <laughs> Y'all can. You all can be homophobic what? is basically what she's saying. What? So it's like 
Also, not to be too judgmental, because I don't think anyone should just be assumed one thing or the other, but there was a reason why they asked Harrison later, too. There is always a 50-50% chance that Chris Gorham is playing a gay character, so you have to ask. <laughs> well, and Harrison- You have to ask. Harrison's mom is gay. Right! And so- I, not, I mean, and I'm not trying to be like, well, Chris Gorham is effeminate. Who cares? But I'm just saying, like, you can't be that, like, oh, there's no gay kids in this class. Like, any class is this shot that there's gay people in there. Are you out of your mind? I mean, technically speaking, she's in the class, so she's also just lying, but... So, uh, so they, so they also equated immediately right off the bat with the N-word. Like, Lily's like, you know, if someone was running around saying the N-word, you'd hand-march them down to the, uh, principal's office. Well, yeah, like, because there is, a, like, there is a black kid in her class, which is George, <laughs> so... There's no denying that! Like, I don't understand this. So then, so... And then, so she tries to claim that not everybody's, um, really... They were not being homophobic, you know, uh... It's just a word you need to calm down. And then later on, Lily goes and, sp- and speaks to her one-on-one and says that about the N-word and says, like, look, I need someone to stand up for this uh, or, or I'll do it myself. And she's like, just stop it, Lily. You made your point. And she's like, I haven't yet. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and then, of course, we get credits because the episode's really gone into its, like, core, uh, you know, thesis statement at of that course. point. No, no, but I think one of my favorite lines from that opening was when she, um, when Glass just, like, gets fed up, she just goes, "It's this is chemistry, not Amnesty International, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not even, like, the same. The, for someone who doesn't know... I, Amnesty International is about getting prisoners out of jail. <laughs> it's nothing exactly. to do with homophobia. Which is, I guess, like, that's the kind... I don't know if that was on purpose. Like, the, I guess it must be. because I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I, it's kind of beautiful one way or the other. Either they meant it as a joke and it's really I mean, well-crafted, or they're just stupid enough to think that Amnesty International sounds like a hoity-toity liberal thing. Which is <laughs> not wrong, but... It's just funny, and um, so uh, so uh, they get into the next bit where she basically decides that she's going to uh, form a uh, gay straight alliance, and she's going to harass the new kid until he joins. And and at this point, I don't know if they had the terminology for a gay straight alliance. They just they call it a gay group is what they keep calling it, which I'm like, that's not what it's called. It's a gay straight alliance or an LGBT alliance. But well, this she is keeps the calling it albums. a gay and lesbian support club. support yeah. club, which is just. Mm, and so, of course, most of the people she she approaches to be in it, aka her and all of her friends, are not actually gay. So it's like, what are you doing, Lily? But I guess she, the idea is that she wants to let people know on campus who are gay that there is a safe space for them to talk about it. Which, I mean, it's, again, good idea, decent concept, horrible follow-through. Mm. Um, so so she, she explains, like, not everybody here is homophobic, we need to start a group. Um, of course, then we, they, she goes around the table pre- pretty much and just says, so is everybody here gay? And then everyone's like, no, are you? And she's like, no, I had that dream once, but I'm fine. And I know what it's like <laughs> to be judged. And it's just like, I don't understand what the, the point of this is, because I guess we're supposed to feel like they're putting everybody on equal ground. Like, look, see, we're not all homophobes. We're going to talk about the people who are. But, like, you can't start the episode out with Josh, like, like discreetly saying like, calling sugar a faggot under his breath, and not, like, address that. They never even talk about that. They never talk about Josh being... I guess you could claim that he kind of realizes the error of his ways by the end of it, but, like, they never one-on-one say, here's why it matters that you're tossing around, like, derogatory terms. They never call him on it. It's kind of bullshit, because if anything, this episode could have dealt with, like, that side. They make it into this big, ridiculous, high-concept the- the- theatrical thing, like you were saying, Juan, where it's like, 
like, you have these bullies come up who've never been on the show up until this point that I remember, and they just start rolling around, like, they roll deep like a gang, and they all, there's, like, a bunch of straight white guys walking around people calling them fag, which is horrible, and also very re- unrealistic in some respects. I guess maybe that happens to people in high school, but maybe you could tackle the, the, the subtle, the subtle stuff instead of having to make it, like, over the top and ridiculous, because it just kind of comes across as, like, a joke. And it's not meant to be, I don't think, but when you have, stere- like, they're just as much of a stereotype as, as the the quiet, um, closeted gay guy that is the Brian Rose. So she does approach him specifically, like, hey, Brian, you want to be part of my club? And he's like, what? Why? I'm not gay. And she's like, are you sure? Question yeah, mark. Yeah, if you're even remotely bi-curious, she says. And it's like... Who the fuck is this? Like, I don't understand. Like, I I knew plenty of people who were either openly or closeted gay people in high school. And even though you sometimes knew someone was gay, even if they hadn't come out publicly or, 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 like, walking around with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you still weren't going to, like, walk up to them and assume anything. Because, let's be real, it's high school. It doesn't matter if they're gay, straight, or or anything. Because you just don't want to make other people's business known because that's just how you get targeted yourself. Like, walking up to some stranger and talking about, like, their life is going to make an enemy. And that's high school. And high school is, like... He pretty rightfully says to her that, you know, I don't want you hanging around me anymore. And I love that because he just met her an hour ago. Like, and he's already decided you're too much for me. You're annoying as shit. Get away from me. (laughs) You're just trouble. Yeah, Yeah. Um, so he, he assures her that he's not gay, but she says, if you are okay, if you are gay, it's definitely okay. And it's just like, Lily, shut the fuck up. Exactly. And- like, go the fuck away. Don't approach, like, like, had someone come up to me before I had come out in high school and started asking me that kind of shit, I would have been like, who the fuck do you think you are? Right. That's like- a personal question to ask <laughs> yeah. someone. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if you walk up to me, that's like walking up to a straight person saying, like, so are you into, you know, buff guys? Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, the, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not equating it. No, the but it, it, thing, it's but essentially, like, a very, very similar thing. <laughs> it's a personal question that you don't ask a kid whose first day of school is there and is already being made fun of. Like, it's bizarre. Just, just let them know it exists and walk away. You don't need to start asking him all these other personal questions in addition. Like, it would have been fine if she had just invited him to join. He said, I'm not gay, and then she walked away. She just kept at him about all this stuff, and it was bizarre. So, um, she... Uh, <laughs> cut to... I mean, a nice change of pace from that, where Brooke gets buzzed to the principal's office. Oh, and my it God. Is, oh, my God. I don't even remember this character. But I don't I'm either. Guessing, <laughs> I, I think it's yeah, some, like, an older, older guy that, that she's met dating. somewhere. I don't remember. At a frat yeah. party. She met him well, at a frat party, and their entire relationship in this episode is, like, some really awkward Christian Grey type shit. He's That's totally creepy. stalking and her. He even gives her a scarf. Yeah. He even gives her a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he he's, like, this, like, random, like, um, almost there just to tell you that nothing changes after high school. And he's, like, a 20-something, but, like, seems older. Well, because he's probably and, like, play, um, played um, by up. a 35-year-old actor, so... <laughs> because That's... I mean, I, obviously, at this point, even like Leslie Bibb yeah. is probably oh, in her twenties, yeah. right? I don't know, but so, um, so she, so she's out. That she meets him, and of course, somehow he has now gotten himself into the principal's office to buzz her down to talk to her. Which is and straight it... up why I refer to him as Christian Gray because that's some really, really uncomfortable, like, like 
How does he? How did he find her? How did how, like? How did he get into the principal's office? How did he know the principal was going to be on his normal? He says it's this. It's the normal time of day that the principal takes his like uh uh what do you call it like workout yeah. break yeah. or something. Like like how do you know that? Were you casing the joint to go hang out with her? Like it's creepy. Well, he said he's like searched all these different high schools looking for her, and I'm Ooh, like it's exactly. so creepy. <laughs> And this is 2001, where it's not like he could go on Facebook and, like, you know. <laughs> he goes to. But so, so, yeah. um, so it's, it's, it's very creepy from the beginning. And then he offers her a scarf that she, that she forgot at his party. And then was like, but you also got off that getting your number. I'm like, ooh, this is just, I mean, when he says for that party, at least you know he's probably only in college. But he seems like he could be even older. And it's just coming across as, like, very, very... Um, risky, almost, for her to be, like, yeah. talking to, like, it felt like, first of all, nowadays, if this happened and he was on some high school campus, like, without the principal there buzzing students he wants to date to the principal's office, he'd be in jail yesterday. Or he, or he'd be on Pretty Little. Yeah, well, yeah, one or the other. <laughs> it's gonna go one or the other. Either he's murdering people yeah. in secret, or he is... He's a character on Pretty yes. Little Liars. Um, so, yeah. so, it's just, it's strange, and um, not a great introduction to this guy to get, to get from the get-go, but he eventually is supposed to become one of the people that we, like, trust their opinion from. I'm like, what? Like, he either is the good guy or the bad guy. It feels like a bad guy, right? Like, I thought he was gonna be, like, this creepy older predator guy, but I guess he's not. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen this show. Maybe he's a great guy. I don't yeah, think he is, though. I doubt it. But, I don't think so. But this is where Lily pitches... I mean, she's already kind of pitched the idea to a couple of the people that she was gonna be starting this, the, uh, the gay-straight support group. Um, and she pitches it to the rest of the people, and there's this amazing moment. When I talk about Josh as a doofus, this is why. Because he literally looks at Lily like, are you gay? <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you're dating her! Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And he's like, is this you coming out? I was like, no. And then uh, Lily nominates Carmen to be VP, because Carmen has experienced um, her own version. I, mean, I think in the first season, couple, the first couple of episodes, I think, is all about Carmen trying to get on the cheerleading squad, and them judging her for being overweight. Um, and then Harrison isn't gay, but his mom is. He, I guess he agrees to join. Harrison is the only likable person in this episode, I think, which is More crazy yeah, for an episode. Uh, what I really appreciate even in this scene is that Harrison admits, you know, he says, like, I've stood by before in the locker room when the guys are, like, using gay slurs and not said anything. And, and he says, you know, but I, I want to do the right thing, and, and I don't know if we succeed. And I'm like, Harrison... Your gift. Yeah, Harrison is the this closest. Is, that is why every girl on this show wanted to ride Harrison. Oh, yeah. Which is ridiculous because cause it's Harrison. <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's Chris Gorham before he's Chris Gorham, so he's a, a child. Um, yeah, so, first, so. Um, so uh, this is where, of course, uh, Sam also kind of is, this is weird. This is the Sam bit where she says, "Like I'm on your team. I was down with you when you were anti-vivisection." And yeah, anti- I'm down for your causes. I'm down. She literally says the phrase, "I'm." D- you know, I'm down for your causes. Like it's just like, no. But then she ex- she explains she can't be a. Pa- this is what made no sense to me. I can't be a part of your group because. I won't be able to go to this meeting because I have something plan. I have plans tonight. She's like, going. She has to go shopping, shopping. for going- prom. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Who gives a shit? Go shopping for prom. Don't you understand, Sam? That being part of a group does not mean you need to go to every meeting. Like I don't understand this at all. You could still say I'll be part of the group. I just have to miss the first meeting because I have to go shopping. But she's like, I really would, but I have to go shopping so I can never be part of any other future meeting because I know this is not going to last one time because this show only lasts forty five minutes and we need to get to the end of this. And she's so just like, Oh God, I have plans. Sorry, can't go. Um, and then in the meantime, uh, 
Brian Rose is also getting made fun of just in the ca- cafeteria doing nothing really just sitting there just this is when all the the random like are they <laughs> I mean should we describe them as baseball thugs I mean that's <laughs> kind of what they're supposed to be right that is what they that's are. more or less yeah. I thought the they Jets were football players. <laughs> at least football players, you kind of expect to be like, you know, they, they come across sometimes as just like. I think maybe that's a Ryan Murphy thing too, because he had hockey thugs on Glee. So hockey thugs? Yes, he had the hockey. I don't thugs. remember that, but yeah, 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 hockey thugs. I think you're right. So, so I think it's just because the football players in this are relatively nice. Although Josh is also a baseball player and very good. So he later on uses that to his advantage. So these guys are, I think, all on the baseball team. They might be in other other sports, but I'm betting it's mostly the the varsity baseball team. And nothing says like a gang of like like homophobic thugs like the varsity in baseball tight team. Baseball pants. <laughs> I but, genuinely uh, kept expecting them to just come snapping in like the Jets. Like that was all I was thinking we, the entire time. And can we talk With their about their powder blue jerseys yeah, and stuff? Like what is this show? Can we talk about <laughs> like, who the lead thug is because it's less from Bring It On. Huntley Ritter. Oh my god, it is. Yes. It and is. And I was like, wait a minute, you're the gay cheerleader. <laughs> now you're like the homophobic baseball player. That's a real range, pal. Yeah, it is. And he like and it's not just that he's like not that it would be good at all to be just making fun of gay kids. But he's like coming up to Brian's face, like like enunciating the word fag in his face. It's awful. It's really like aggressive. Like he looks like he's about to beat the shit out of the kid in the middle of the cafeteria. And I can't believe there's not a single teacher that steps in, but no one no one even notices, let alone says anything. But Sugar is, of course, sitting across from this and sees it happening and realizes the error of his ways because he's like, oh my god, I was doing the same thing, although to a lesser extent. And it's... I mean, like, when I say, like, he was threatening the kid, he was, like, nose-to-nose with them. It was yeah, creepy. no, he was literally, like, in his face yelling, like, what's up, fag? We can't play with fag. Like, it's, like... It was so weird, too, because I'm, like, this is, like, really homoerotic as well. Like, you're <laughs> yes. basically kissing you the know, kid. You know, a lot of homophobia like, of is strangely homoerotic. I... I know, but it's, like, jeez, like, dude, you can't even understand, like, I don't know, it was bizarre. So, so they, now Sugar is kind of on their side, but we don't get to why later on. But um, he, he now sees the, the, the guilt of what he was doing can do in the small term. And then uh, M- Mrs. Glass, at this point, what, what, I don't understand what exactly the situation was, but I think I think it's, like, the little group that, that ends up forming is just, of course, Port Harrison is the one that actually shows up and does help. Um, and it's, so Josh agrees because Josh is is, is uh, Lily's boyfriend and wants to be supportive, and that's respectful. And uh, the three of them go to present this to Miss Miss Glass, and she says, "Oh no, um, I'm not letting this happen. It, it can't happen. This is pointless." And they're like, "Why?" And she's like, "Because Matthew Shepard's gonna happen no matter what you do." I was like, "Whoa!" This yeah, went from zero to a hundred in like. She's like, it she's was like, insane. You're not supporting the like, gay agenda. Was, I'm like, whoa. It it was bizarre. Like I am okay, there's there's two versions of what they're trying to do here. Either you make Miss Glass kind of like self hating, which is kind of what you get at, like that's kind of what they end up landing on. But because then she also she quotes Leviticus claiming that's why people hate gay people. And then you're like, but when she's quoting that though, it's almost like she's saying it like at first she, when she brings up Leviticus, you think, Oh, she's like a Bible like a beating crazy Bible something crazy person and you're not really sure where this is coming from because she does kind of come across as a very masculine potentially lesbian woman and then 
she immediately switches over and brings up Matthew Shepard. I'm like, whoa. So she is on their side. So it's just, it was like kind of like, it was like whiplash. And you don't know where she's even coming from for a second. Then she kind of just explains, look, this is all, I'm older than you guys. This is all pointless is what I'm trying to get at. I'm like, what a great she, teacher. You she know? also, <laughs> on the lighter side, good makes role a joke model. about Paul Lind. And I thought, well, that's a real good joke for teenagers <laughs> watching this show in 2001. <laughs> you know, when I watched this the first time, no, I, I mean, probably had no idea what she was even talking about, yeah. and I loved it. I mean, like, now, so, as adults who are pop-culturally aware, we all know who Paul Lind is, but, like, if you're watching this yeah, when you're a teenager, exactly. you're like, wait, what? Who? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. was there not um, a more yes, 2001, that's what, that's, like, gay person <laughs> to use? Like, you can't bring up... <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, Ellen I guess maybe was out then, so you could have made, like, an Ellen joke or something. Yeah, but Ellen, Ellen had, like, left TV by that point. This is before she got her show, so she's kind of in the wind. I don't know who'd be the most... I can't remember I know, back but... then. <laughs> but, like... I honestly don't know. Neil it... Patrick Harris was not around. God, no. No, but realistically, like, they should have at least have, like, one of the kids be like, who the hell's Paul Lind? Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah. I honestly don't know who would be, like, the gay icon of the time. Because even, like, Ricky Martin, who was probably someone who would qualify. He was not out yet. Was not out publicly. Not close, yeah. Jeez, right. uh, I don't know. I, do, I genuinely Elton don't John. know. Elton John? An Elton John joke would have worked. Oh, Elton John is probably the closest, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's, like, 90s. So that would have been dated, but workable. Yeah, that's strange. But so, so she throws the Paul Lind joke out. And everyone just, like, stares blankly, as they should. Um, but then they kind of get at her, and then Lily explains, like, well, what's better, the alternative, we're silent? And this is where the show really nudges close to a great point, but never really, like, follows through. Because she says, what's the alternative to be silent about this? It's not right. And that's true. Like, you de- it definitely, it, it's better to sometimes at least be vocally against something than it is to not say a thing. Because, for example, the Harrison bit where he was saying that. But then it's it's a struggle because it's really, it, it's a case-by-case basis because sometimes Harrison could easily walk up to someone and say, you know, stop using slurs, but then he's probably going to get beat up in the middle of the locker room because that's the kind of clientele that the school has in the campus. So yeah. it's a struggle. And maybe they could they could have, you know, dealt with that issue a little more directly. Instead, they kind of focus more on how everyone felt victimized. And, I mean, some of them rightfully so. Other people clearly were just like trumping up like some basic stuff to the end of the world which was insane it goes from like oh god it was bizarre every single character gets their own like i've been victimized story it's bizarre exactly including brooke for whatever goddamn reason because leslie bibb has been victimized apparently it slips into this all discrimination mode and it's just like why i don't you can't like racial profiling uh, like fat phobia. What was that about? The racial profiling, when we get to it, is not even like the rest of it is definitely like prejudice, but racial profiling is like a whole other level of stuff as well. Like racial profiling should be, that's like, that's like a political issue. It's what like it almost felt like a lot to bring up. And it's the most so, casually introduced and fixed <laughs> thing yeah. in the fucking. And universe. I have questions about it. I have so many questions. <laughs> so so she so she presents this to Miss Glass. Miss Glass is still not on board. 
Um, in the meantime, the baseball thugs have now approached Josh and explained to Josh, like, like I want to explain this properly because when you say like the Jets when they were basically they're, they are five <laughs> seconds from snapping. They stand like, in formation every single time. <laughs> yes, they, they do exactly. And it's almost like when he moves around and like makes fun of people, they all move in sync with him. Yeah. Like they choreographed it. I swear they do this. So it just feels very like. It literally is, like, the campiest villain ever. Like, he is ridiculous. And so he comes up to Josh and says, Hey, we can't shower with you anymore, Josh. Like, that's the kind of, like, sentences we're getting here. And Josh is like, Oh, don't worry about it. My athlete's foot is all cleared up. up. (laughs) Josh! Josh is such an idiot. And then they start dropping F-bombs again and again and again. Josh, I don't know if Josh is more offended at being considered gay or the fact that they're using slurs it's kind of hard to tell at this point i'm pretty sure it's more that they think he's gay Which, yeah. oh no what a horrible life but i guess it's high school so in this high school in 2000 so the the worst thing you could do is be considered gay apparently so he is now literally getting into a fist fight over being called gay and who is there anybody else there i guess sugar's there he just gets a black eye sugar's there sugar doesn't really do much to help yeah. Josh gets a black and, uh, eye. Gabe, Gabe Ryan then... is there watching from a distance, like, oh shit. Yeah. Getting changed, like, doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> like, it's bizarre. <laughs> and then, um, uh, in between this, I actually glossed over the fact that someone had spray painted the word fag on Lily's locker. Like, across. And not even just her locker, on other like, two other people's <laughs> lockers, guys. Yeah. Two people. Yeah, so they, they spray painted it across, and she decides to leave it up because she wants people to know what hatred looks like. I was like, God. she does! You little white girl. Which I say as a white girl, but it was just like, stop! You don't know what hatred looks like, Lily. You barely understand it. So so she she explains that change takes time, um, but Josh has now confronted her about, like, he has a black eye, he's gotten this fight about it, and he's like, look, I can't do this anymore. Now that this has actual stakes, I don't care about it anymore. And she's like, well, if you're taking time off from the cause, uh, you're taking time off from our relationship. And I'm like, they haven't even had a meeting yet. And this is now, like, oh, like, he's saying, like, look, I just need some time. I need a break. I need a break from this group. I'm like, you have not done anything as a group yet. So why are you acting? But I guess it's enough to get those baseball thugs ramped up. So it's best, doing something. The best thing and, about uh, this scene is they're having this argument while Harrison is there. And he at one point, he's, like, like he's trying to leave. And he's... And Chris Gorham is so great because he's just in the background, but he's like, like he's thumbing, like I'm gonna go, and he's like trying to turn around, but he can't leave. And like you're like, oh my god, this is awkward. Well, the reason why the reason why I brought up the Mary Cherry stuff before, and the reason why I brought up a lot of this show's humor before, is because these are all, as far as I'm concerned, even though they're all very talented dramatic actors in some point uh, to the to a degree in their in their lives, they're all tremendous comedic actors, and oh, yeah. they're just exactly. being. They're being literally stuffed into a shoebox for this entire episode, and it is hard to sit through, because it's not very, it's not very, like, it's not fun. Because, not that this should be a fun plot, but you could at least approach it in a, in an interesting way. Like, this is just not, I, I guess maybe this was sort of, you know, breakthrough for the time, but... I mean, especially watching it now, it just seems so, like, stereo... Even, like, the beats of, of Lily are stereotypical, like, white girl nonsense. So it's like, why can't you even nail that? Like, at least we could have somebody who's doing the right thing from their point of view, but instead she just makes it all about her, almost. Um, but speaking of the, the white guilt, which is there all, all the time, <laughs> all day, every day, um, Sugar comes and Mia culpas to everybody and just sort of says, like, I know about judgment. 
I once applied to be a doorman and was rejected because I'm overweight. Oh my god. I don't okay. understand that story at all because wh- Well, it's an important story because the guy comes back later, but yeah, of course. he shows up all dressed up to get this job and the guy Which he is He's been arguably, like, offered over the phone, because he seems like a great guy over the phone, but then when he meets him in person, he just says, never mind, it's been filled. Exactly, because he's overweight. Because it's this very, it's this very trendy hotel, and, like, it made me think of when um, Michelle on Gilmore Girls works at that hotel before they open the inn. Yes! Everybody's, like, dressed in black and has headsets and is, like, very serious. Yeah. Very, like, fancy. And yeah, so the look yeah. like space waiters. Yeah, so Sugar <laughs> comes in and the guy's just like, Nope, the position's filled. But there might be positions in the kitchen. So Yeah, and he gives him a little up down why he says this, of course, so you yeah. can really understand it's about his weight. And Sugar feels like absolutely like like hit to the and, and and Sugar says, Look, I get it, because I'm the first person to make fun of myself and I understand like uh, the idea of, you know, finding something um, not what you're looking for, but to do it so openly felt, it was very judgmental and he, he felt really offended, I think. Um, and then, so, so that's kind of, that story kind of just wraps up right there. But there's and a great like, oh, line, I'm, I'm cutting out the middle part of it, but he basically says, I went to get a job opening doors, <gasps> but I had one slammed right in my face. Yeah. So, so like, let me get this straight. You definitely, like, had that line before you even thought of what this was about, right? Because, like, <laughs> I don't understand what they, they... There's no way that they, they put that line up there until after they're I done mean, the if whole we're plot. Deci- they definitely started if there. We're deciding that, if we're deciding that Ryan Murphy like comes up with his writing through like the Kaiser Soze method, which was like the milk in the morning, and then this was like he probably walked out of his apartment building and the guy opened the door and he's like, uh-huh. Get it? Mm-hmm. He's like, there's the next. Or, story. or the guy had opened the door for someone else, and when he got there, he was already closing it, and he's like, "Oh, nailed oh. it!" And then the guy opened it again for me, like, "No, no, no, I already got it, guy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so then on top of that, like, it, this is the point where the episode is like, it's been ramping up, it's been ramping up, and now it just starts to like, like spin out of control because now everybody's got prejudice. So it would be one thing for Sugar to come up and say, like, "Look, I've experienced it," and we know Lily has already vaguely experienced it last year from that crazy dream she had um but so uh now carmen has a new job which i don't know where that came from but i guess that's part of it is that um she has a new job folding um clothes at a retail store gauchos are back guys so you know it's 2000 something (laughs) and uh her boss is a seemingly nice asian lady just, just talking to her like casually talking about gauchos and how retail is like the front lines of fashion i'm like all right sweetie that's fine but all right and but then there's a couple of uh i, I don't know if it's anybody that we knew it was i'm trying to think of these all ran together i think maybe it was the same black people that yeah that it's the same Sam, group or of no, black girls were. that talked to george and Sam, so it's yeah. like so it's basically this is the equivalent of Ryan Murphy saying that it's turtles all the way down with regards to prejudice. Because yeah, because it all, didn't it all happen in the same exact yeah. store. Yeah, I think it did. So, uh, so, so Carmen is now working at a store where later on Sam is shopping with her boyfriend. So in this store, Carmen at the top, I guess you'd claim like the top of the the um, food chain, which is horrible. But that's kind of what they're trying to say, like. She is, like, they're the higher-ups judging the, the black customers for shopping there. And then the boss is not even subtle. The boss is like, yeah, watch them. They're probably yeah. going to steal something. Yeah, what's the use of helping them? They never buy. They just steal what they want. And then she adds, what like, the fuck you can't those? trust those people. And Carmen's like, 
what do you mean those people? And she's like, <laughs> really? you know, those people. And I'm just like, is this is this and really like happening? A, there's like a double take where Carmen's like, what? And Carmen flat what? out Carmen flat out says to her, that's racial profiling, and she says. No, it's the truth. Exactly. Oh, no, it's the truth, guys. It's the truth. And so some of, I mean, I think the, the, the black girls that are there are the ones being judged. I think, I think um, uh, Sam's boyfriend is also in the group she's judging, but I can't remember exactly. But I think they, they immediately flip it with, um, like, the three girls walk up to him and they're like, who looks the most like Beyonce? What a weird and I'm question. Like, that's the thing that three stranger. women would ask a strange random dude. I'm gonna, you know what? Like, um, I'm gonna start doing that when I'm out shopping. I'm gonna walk up and be more, like, more, you have to be with people. Otherwise, you're gonna only get like what? Yeah. <laughs> Do I look like who Beyonce? here looks the most <laughs> like Beyonce? And uh, so, so these three women walk up to, which is in and of itself kind of feels like a weird like racial beat because I feel like this was written by a white guy, so it's like well. Are you claiming that all three women look like Beyonce? Because no. <laughs> but anyway, so the girls walk up to him and ask him, and he's a good-looking guy, obviously, dating Sam. And he and he's asked, well, which one of us is he? Also older? Am I realizing this now? He also feels like no, because he's, he's in their chemistry class. Oh, he is. So he is a student. He, yeah. God, he looks like he's fifty-four. Like this is just <laughs> ridiculous. The, the yeah. acting on this show, no one is under the age of like twenty-eight. Um, so, so they are walking up to him, asking him, because he's attractive, and they're like, tell us your opinion, and he's like, I don't really know, Sam, how about you tell me, and she comes out, like, wearing a dress for prom, like, what do you think, and he's like, these girls want to know which one looks most like Beyonce, and it's, like, tires screeching, because they realize that he's there with a white girl, and they're all, they're all suddenly like, oh, who cares about your opinion, like, um, and then they you're too good he's for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they call him an Oreo. Oreo. Black on the outside, white on the inside, and they're like, everyone, and he's like, What? And it's, again, it's, like, all these people have never experienced prejudice. I'm like, I guarantee you. But I love how... Oh, God. The one girl in the group who does look the most like Beyonce, by the way, is the one that's like, I'm sorry, that was really uncomfortable. Exactly. (laughs) Like, like, they need... It's like, it's like every time that they have someone be overtly prejudiced, Ryan Murphy's, like, shame like vomits up and says like look we need to ex- we need to explain immediately that not everybody thinks this just this one idiot person does i'm like all it was missing is another asian shop owner to come over and say hey you got a con not, <laughs> to say not all asian shop owners oh god so 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 the three women or well, two of the women actually were just like i mean like instantly from like zero to 60 like basically like fuck you and this white girl you're so like you don't know what it's like to be with a real woman or something stupid like it was like a bunch of weird stuff and like he is like what like flabbergasted and sam is just like in like baffled because her pretty pretty white skin has never experienced any kind of judgment clearly and she's like what's even happening and the guy's like uh well the guy at first is more just like i can't believe you're saying this to my face and then they kind of walk away the one girl says sorry about it and then cuts to Sam saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone would judge that. I can't believe that uh, what kind of jerk would do this. He's like, what do you mean? What, is this surprising to you? This is, the, again, the episode almost veers to something, like, close to actual, like, content. Because then he goes, this happens all the time. And she looks around, everyone's staring at them, it's, like, judging them. And, like, I think that's one of my favorite beats in this entire episode. Just the way, like, the visuals. Because they're so, so absurd. And they fade from person to person, from close yeah. up to like medium shot on it's every shot, single like this, person. It's shot like yes. this weird slow motion montage of people just turning their heads to, to look at them. To judge you. It's and simultaneous, hilarious, and, and like, I, 
I, horrifying. I, I felt like it needed like an Imogen Heap song there. What you say? Yeah. So, 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 and then also, I, I, from what I remember, I think they're it's if they're staring at you as her, correct? I think. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting it from like Sam's point of view as so you know her little so obviously this is like is shattered. This is where the episode is basically hammering you to death with all of the prejudice. So now you feel it firsthand what it's like to be judged. Like, oh, now we understand what it's like. That's why these groups need to exist. You guys, even but we're not even done with the amount. Like, like that's the thing. Not even done exactly. Even pretty skinny white girls get judged. You guys. That's when it really feels like it's like it's gone full full circle of skinny white girls getting theirs. There is Jesus. also discrimination against Jewish people coming. Oh my god! Out. Wait, yeah. wait, that was next <laughs> level. Oh my god! So so we're almost there. So and then he um then we go up to Brian Rose again, and he basically like like hobbles over to Josh and says, "Look, I know what it's like." Um, being mistaken for gay is the worst. <laughs> Josh's like, yeah, man. And they're both, like, nodding at each other. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's a true bro moment up until the exact moment Brian Rose is like, I was the one who wrote on Lily's locker. Yes, and he says it, like, <laughs> brags to him. Like, exactly, he's so this proud guy, of it. Oh, my God. This guy is, like, a huge jock. What are you doing? And he was the girl, boyfriend of the girl that you did this to. Like, what are you Josh is so stupid funny here, though, because... The way he does it, Brian pulls out the can of spray paint out of his bag, <laughs> and, and says, Josh looks at him and goes, "Do you have paint?" <laughs> That's the most amazing thing! Oh my god, I was like losing. And then on top of that, when it, like like he says, "Do you have paint?" and then he's and I think Brian has to actually spell out the fact that he's did he? I think he did. Yeah, right? he does. Yeah, he, he literally does like, it. Out, no, like, I did that. I did it on like, Lily's locker. He's like, "Oh, oh!" and then he like turns to him and turns. And, like, holding on to his backpack, wearing his varsity, or his, I guess, junior varsity jacket, like, classic TV from the 2000s reaction shot, Josh goes, yo, that's really messed up, bro! <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is, like, a beautiful SNL parody of, be- it's like, just nonsense. And so, um, he freaks out at Brian. Brian looks shocked that he's being freaked out on, because it's like, what do you expect? But, so... Um, he goes off and then eventually, I guess, maybe tell... No, he didn't even tell Lily. So he just no. knows that and then walks off. Um, and then in the meantime... Or he knows that, walks off, and quickly forgets it because this is Josh we're yeah, talking jo- about. Josh. Josh is just an idiot. So, um, so he... Then we get back to Brooke, who was, um, explaining to her, uh, old man boyfriend, which, again, he, he's... At first, I thought he was reacting to everyone thinking that... that age gap is so massive, and I'm still not totally convinced that wasn't what people were judging them for, because I, I, I hope that's why, because he looks like an 80-year-old. Um, <laughs> so they're they're sitting there together, and she's like, I'm on prom committee, and that's when he kind of rolls her rolls his eyes. I'm like, yeah, because this is what it's like when you have a child-girlfriend dude, deal with it. Like, either you, you want that or you don't. But then he, um, the same, I think it's the same guy, right? Yeah, because they're at the same hotel. The odds of that. Yeah, they're at the same, well, you know. <laughs> But so it's the same concierge guy walks up to him and says something like phone nice to him, I guess, or something, where you're just like, oh, hey, you, and then he's like, oh, hi, and and then when he goes away, Brooke's like, oh, who's that? Like, very friendly, and he's like, oh, you don't know that guy's an asshole? Like, well, he seemed pleasant enough to her, like, why would you assume that she would know? He's like, well, I hate to break it to you, Brooke, but... When I pledged a, f- a fraternity with him in it last year, he refused to have me because he didn't like Jews like me. And then, like, 
zero to 60 again, do you have a problem that I'm Jewish? And she's like, what? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck is this? I know. And then, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, like, tell someone you're dating? Like, 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 that's the weirdest way to approach that subject. Like, not only does he immediately say, like, first of all, I've been prejudiced against because I was Jewish. Do you have a problem with that? Like, it is so aggressive a spin because he goes from, like, they're, like, practically, like, holding hands talking about going on a date for prom and then goes to, do you judge me for my religion? Like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> and then he said, and then her parents, um, her parents found out her, wait, what was that? I, I don't remember, my notes are just, like, her parents found out her religion. I don't understand that at all. Because it was no, because he says that he had a prom date cancel on him when he yes. was in high school because her parents found out that he was Jewish. What the fuck is that? And I'm like, did you go to prom in like 1955? Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to claim that pe- obviously Jewish people have been prejudiced, have been judged and, and persecuted a lot. But I'm like, let's just not throw that into this too because it doesn't even feel like it was religious. That also felt cultural. They weren't making it about the religion. They were making it about the way he looked from the way he was saying it. Like, she, they found Which, out. Or maybe not. Or maybe it was about the religion. I don't know. It I felt mean, like it was weird. I don't know. But it's crazy, though, because, I mean, you know, the thing with Judaism is it's like a... There's ethnic Jews, and then there's, like, religious that are, you know, they don't have that look. And he right. looks like the whitest person on Earth. Oh, he's like a wasp. Like, yeah. real waspy he, looking. Yeah, so I'm like, you would never, like, immediately peg him as being Jewish just by looking at him. And certainly, he can be Jewish looking that way, but it's like, like, of course she's not going to be, like, right off the bat, like, oh, shit. So I guess that's why, maybe that's why that he was being judged, because he was getting close to being, like, led into this society, or dating this girl at prom, and then they would find out that he was Jewish, and then, you know, exit out. But, like, it felt like, well, okay, maybe explain why they didn't, like, we didn't find out why they, they were judging him, they just were judging him for being Jewish. I'm like, not that they need a reason to, because people are bigots and they'll judge people for anything, but it just was like, well, you need to explain why, like, going to prom with a girl and being Jewish was, like, absolutely antithetical, because this seemed like two fine things. Like, I I went to a school with only, like, a handful of Jewish people, and no one was like, oh, this crazy Jewish people. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, I don't understand that at all. I'm not saying that anti-Semitism doesn't still exist in places, but it's of the... Ta- su- the subjects tackled in this episode, it's probably the least common, I think. Well, not just that, though. It's not that it's the least common. It's also just that you needed to give us an example of it happening and why it's... Because all the other prejudice in the episode has had a, a face-to-face reason for it happening, even though it's terrible, but, like, you have a, a shop owner seeing that, or or the concierge seeing sugar, or you have uh, the, the black girls judging the, the biracial couple. Like, these are the types of things that, like, well, you know, that's why it's happening. But, like, for that to happen, it's like, well, it just seems like something that happened to him a couple years, because he's not in high school anymore, so it's been a little bit since it happened. He just throws out something there because some guy was, it was it was strange. It felt like it was out of nowhere, and they just wanted to cover the religion Like, they aspect. just needed to, they it needed w- to keep Brooke in the episode somehow, and that was I the guess, only way they exactly. could do it. Exactly. And I guess it would, it would have actually been a lot more prescient, I think, to... Or maybe almost too prescient for this episode or this time period. But if it had been something like they found out that I was Muslim or they found that I was, like, 
uh, something like a Hindu or Buddhist or something different. Like Judaism is obviously again been there's anti-Semitic people, but it just you need to explain why they're anti-Semitic. Like, I went to a, like a, a, a Catholic school and then they found out I was Jewish. That kind of thing. That would have made more sense because then you're like, okay, here's another example of people being prejudiced against. It just felt like one thing that happened to him that felt like. I, see, look, I've been persecuted too, which is just not fair to someone who's experienced that because you need to you need to flesh it out the same way you have everybody else. Exactly, it felt like he was getting thrown under the bus. And like, even even with like, the thing is, like, you mentioned like, like, oh, he's the only Jewish person in a Catholic school, and like that seems so so strange to me because like I I mean maybe am I this like am I so young that like my my years in high school were so different than like high school in 2001 i don't like like i <laughs> yeah. like because i went to a catholic high school and like you know i was i think the only openly gay person in my class and like it was such a non like it was such a non-issue in 2008 i guess like i don't like i, I graduated in 2009 so i mean like it was just it just felt not that important and then we had like jewish people in our catholic school so it's like like none of these things seemed particularly problematic i'm like my best friend was in like an international uh, an interracial relationship and like like did that much happen in the span of like six seven years i get i mean that's what i keep trying to think i'm like maybe but I was in high school when this was at, well more or less I was like going into high school as this show went into its second season so more or less like somewhere around there I graduated in 06 so I, I think I was in the target like I was supposed to be the age of these characters and that stuff still happened but it happened at such a smaller I mean I, again it I was went to small a, scale this went yeah like... I went to a suburban high school so I don't even know but like it was it, it felt like the experiences that were more aggressive and intense tended to happen when someone was, like, going out of their way to meet people from a different background than they were in. Ours was already, I mean, not to bring it back to homogenization, I guess ours was already kind of mixed up enough that no one, we grew up with the same people, so no one was going to be judging people that they've known since second grade for being different because we all went to the same damn school. We weren't that different. Yeah. So, See, and I don't I, know. Where I grew up, like, like for like through middle school and everything it was kind of like that typical experience where people were judged and especially like middle school well, they'll find any starts. reason to yeah exactly yeah but i ended up going as i mentioned to a performing arts high school and it's a very different environment like very different there was a lot of openly gay kids kids from all different races and backgrounds and like so we had a very we never had any fights on campus ever ever I feel like never and so we never we never had any kind of bullying even like the kids that would have been like the weird kid that nobody talked to and like made fun of everybody was nice to the weird kids yeah because we were all kind of the weird kids we were all into like theater and music and art and stuff so it was a very I I don't have that realistic high school experience. I guess I don't TV either. Has, so maybe you know? this is why. I mean, I I mostly see it in TV and movies, and I know it does exist because God knows people have experienced prejudice. But of I just course. I think it's almost like the, like like you were saying, it's almost like such a specific situation. Like it really takes a lot for sometimes for for. I mean, this is also kind of a vaguely suburban high high class upscale neighborhood from the way it's made out to be um, that you'd have to really, like, walk over to someone and start talking to them about, like, your cause to have them push back in your face, which I guess is what Lily's doing. More or so less. It's almost, and then, but then you gotta wonder, like, I guess the issue here is that, like, well, 
leave well enough alone. The kid wasn't getting made... Well, he was already getting made fun of without them doing anything, but maybe they would have quit if they hadn't made the whole group thing. Who knows? But so, you're, you're trying to say, like, well, how much of should you be about, like, equality if, if silence is the same thing, but that's just tolerance, so it's not really acceptance, and there's all that kind of stuff that goes into it. But at the end of the day, the people that are judging you, at least in a lot of these situations tend to be idiots anyway, and I guess it's hard to take the threat that seriously when they're, in addition to all of them being morons, they're portrayed as, like, like, l- literally the Jets from, from, yeah. from West Side Story. The thing Story. is, like, there's, I can feel Ryan Murphy's good intentions somewhere buried deep, deep in this episode, but it's mm-hmm. so caked, like, it's, it's just, there's so many layers of just a joke. And I can't get past that because this show, like, for all intents and purposes, is kind of a big joke of high school, That's except for this episode. Yeah, it's it's strange. And if they were gonna t- tackle something like this that does def- prejudice exist at many levels in many high schools, but in this high school in particular, it feels like it could have happened on a much smaller scale. Exactly. And they should have addressed it that way. They should have addressed it with just Josh and Sugar. They should not have introduced these other guys into it. Because I bet you that exists tons of places all over the country and, and internationally. But you got to either make it all about people like that or all about people who are doing it at a smaller level. Otherwise, you need to make a whole movie about it. You can't just do a 45-minute episode of TV that's normally a funny show. Because... Okay, let's get to the end of this episode. Not only is it like a... I mean, it's so crazy. Because at first I'm like, well, this is like the most heavy-handed preachy bullshit I've ever seen. And then it goes to a level that I not only did not anticipate, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm still it was, genuinely shocked about how me they, too. they went there. Me too. I was shocked. And I've seen this before, but I forgot, it's I guess. Pretty, it is, uh, crazy. It's just It's insane. So, so they, they also... She realizes that while they're talking about... After the religious stuff happens, she they realize that... that Lily is also part of the problem because she's always calling Miss Glass Mr. and Sir. And yeah, Mr. they all Glass. call Exactly, because somebody yells, like, we don't even know if Glass is a he or a she. And that's when Lily, like, reaches this this moment of clarity. Yeah, like, oh, we call her Sir. So she she uh, makes a little... Um, a petition. She has everybody she signed to agree that they won't yeah. call Miss Glass Sir anymore. Yes, and which is, a, that's where the episode, this is what I'm saying, like, this is where the episode actually kind of nails it. That's perfect. Yes. That's the kind of stuff that you could totally do on a, and it's, and it's a subtle thing that's been going on for a whole series at this point, they've been calling her Sir, and Lily, like, bastion of liberal white guilt, is calling a, a lesbian Sir. That's definitely something to address, and that's the kind of stuff that they can, this is what Ryan Murphy will do for every, for every annoying plotline, he'll pull one really good one, and then go back on it instantly afterwards. Because mm-hmm. at first I'm like, oh, it, I was like, well, finally that episode's wrapping up. I'm like, wait, there's 15 yeah. more minutes? Oh, we'll just wait for the 15 minutes we're about to get to. It gets so, real dark. So she apologizes to Miss Glass, presents her the uh, petition. She is honored. Clearly Mrs. Glass is, or Miss Glass does not get um, that kind of respect yeah, and she even ad- Although she is kind of a, she can be a real yeah, jerk sometimes. Yeah, and she even admits but, yeah, that but, it, it hurts her when they call her sir. Yeah, and they say things like that. Exactly, and she admits it. So they, they they come to a good understanding, and then she actually offers to sponsor the the club so that they can exist. Because this whole time, which is so bull, it's such bullshit. There's no way high schools will let this happen. They have to have a, uh, or there's more than one teacher in the whole fucking school. But um, they claim that they need to have a sponsor from the administration, which is a staff member, sponsor the club in order for it to exist. I'm like, are you telling me that they couldn't take this story to like? 
fucking like NBC News, and they would not take. But I guess maybe at this point they wouldn't. But it feels so like you, oh, we're not allowed to have a gay and straight, a gay and straight like alliance support group because we don't have a teacher who will okay it. Like that feels super predatory and terrible. Uh, maybe again, this is like living in a 2015 world, but it just felt very easily. Um, it's just ridiculous that they could. It felt get like something you could get her. past that, or even then. I think um, wasn't it Harrison who suggests like, why don't we just have the meetings at my house? Yeah. And like, yeah, okay, why didn't you guys do that? Like, and then it's just and Lily going on her. And tirade. Lily never even tries to ask another teacher. Like, there has to be in an entire school some other teacher who would be like, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> like, she just keeps bothering Miss Glass and- about it. And and on top of it all, like if you can't get a sponsor, no no one needs like I don't remember ever in high school being like, damn, I wish I could start this club of friends, but I don't have any teachers to sponsor it. Like <laughs> you're never like looking for authority. The authority should be following them around saying you gotta get a sponsor. Like let them deal with it. Like you think that they're gonna interact like with you if you're just meeting somewhere? I mean, I guess technically Miss Glass tries to break up the club a couple times, but that's because like they're meeting in the chemistry classroom like idiots, but we're <laughs> in the in the science hallway or wherever the hell they are. So they they just genuinely don't really try as hard as they could have to do this the right way. It may, it becomes more about the statement of trying to get the club to exist than it does about what the club's meeting should be about. Um, and so she uh, offers to sponsor them, and that's like oh, finally someone offers to do it, and they're like great. And she she tells her, like, look, I know that there's some stuff going on with you that you never really talk about, but I'm assuming, based on, which is also, again, kind of an aggressively rude thing to do, but she's kind of like, look, I assume that there's some questions you might have. We can go to a place that'll give you some answers. I'm like, wait, what? And and Mrs. Glass is just like, okay. I'm like, she's like a 40-year-old woman, but all right. <laughs> so she <laughs> goes with Lily, this, like, 17-year-old, to uh, the Gay and Lesbian Community Center, which I'm like, that's nice that that exists. And you know it's a Gay and Lesbian Community Center because of the giant more- rainbow flag hanging from the building. Yo. Oh, my God, I didn't see that. Oh, that's great. But so they go there, and, like, honestly, if this, if this is supposed to be the kind of, like, specious... Um, like bigoted place that it, it was in the 2001 you don't think they have some kind of security outside to make sure no one's gonna come and just literally troll outside the gay and lesbian community center for people to beat up but surprised we have a, a pack of people one of which wearing what looks to be an army yeah. uniform well, he's, like, like, in, he's in camo or if it wasn't a uniform in camo yeah. but like with a hat with a camo hat it looked like or no did he not have a hat on I swore he had a camo hat but if he didn't he was still wearing like full headed to a camo. <laughs> I don't know, but it was no. it was not like a it subtle, was like, subtle like you were was, like obviously this guy is camo. not here for like, like condoms or something. <laughs> He's here to be horrible. It was ridiculous, and so and so they 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 see him. They're like, oh man. So they go they go they go over to the the center. They're walking out like having a great time. Like that really answers some great questions. Like oh, this is almost nice. And then they come up and say, like, were you just coming out of the Gay and Lesbian Support Center? And they're like, yeah. They're like, oh, well, uh, is there something that we don't, we haven't, you Yeah, don't it's want? like, we're or not good enough for like, you. I don't know what he said. It's something. Yeah. It was like, again, zero to 60. It was crazy. Like, oh, it's, he says, what's the matter? You don't like what we have to give? I'm like. No, I wouldn't want. I'm I'm mostly straight, and I'm like no. <laughs> like, get I don't out think of anybody here. wants that. 
Yeah, maybe your buddies. They seem up for it. But so he he like immediately goes to just start beating the shit out of these two women, which is just like ridiculous. That this, I mean, not that it would, it's any better if it was guys, but it was just like, in what world is this going to be allowed to happen? And the so thing they, is, they, like, the fact that this episode culminates in like literally two women getting assaulted outside of a queer support center seems like. Like I like I really don't want to dislike this episode, but every single step it takes makes it so much harder to swallow. And and up until that point you almost had a decent enough message. You had the message yes. of people at least realizing it that they are with with flaws. They have issues within themselves. And then on, once you go to actually like, you know, it's like basically they're trying to say like even if you thought that this was okay, it's way worse than you could even imagine. It's like, yes. Well, well, that's not a great message to send because then no one's going to want to deal with any kind of progress. It's going to make everyone feel like, well, everything's pointless. Who cares? Like that's kind of the message of the episode. And uh, so they literally, like, they literally cut to Lily in a hospital room on a stretcher, like literally bruised and beaten up. I'm like, I mean, I'm not again, not a good thing to be beating up Miss Glass either because again potentially a lesbian you don't really ever fully get the she never really comes out straight uh, straight up well that's the terrible way to say it but so she never really truly comes out like in the episode she kind of gets close to it or hints at it she gets, she gets the brochure. brochure she has the breeding material which is very but, um, important so it's also terrible it's a hate discovery. crime in and, and like out and out but lily especially is a 17 year old girl who's tiny and like three or four grown men one of which is wearing a like, camo beat the shit out of her like very yes. large was, men too. it was not it was ridiculous i mean i'm glad they did not show it thank on christ I, that, that, yeah, that would have been horrible yeah i mean it was it's terrible enough just to even think about it but had they shown it on screen it would have but like they, they those those guys i hope were arrested forever because you don't i mean it's one thing to beat up it's horrible enough to commit a hate crime at all and then this is the same episode that brought up Matthew Shivers. They are aware this happens. So it's like, really, you should... If you're going to bring that kind of stuff up, don't be using this as, like, a cop-out at the end of your episode. But So it's bad enough if it's a hate crime like that. But when you're beating up, like, children... Like, she's 17, so you could claim that she's old-ish. But, like, no, but that's she's still, still young. a minor. And, exactly. like, she's a small, tiny they're child. Going, they're going to jail for a hard time. Or they're not, which is even more... But, like... I hope to God they have cameras. Why don't they have a security guard? I do not understand. Like, pa- Planned Parenthood has more security than these places do. Like, it was awful. And I don't think you should necessarily have to have that. But when you allow people to, like, troll about in the parking lot, like, what kind of a support center is it really? Like, that's kind of awful on its own. It's like saying a bad thing about the support center that they'd allow this to happen on their grounds. Like, they're not even five feet from the door and this happens. It's bizarre. And they both go down, because obviously there's these huge, huge men, and they all gang up on them and beat them up, and they're in the hospital, and Lily's, like, sobbing, and there's a really weird scene where, where, uh, where Sam comes up, and what is, Sam, like, comes running up to Josh at school, and Josh is, like, at his locker, like, putting his books away, and Sam's like, Josh, oh my god, I was just at the hospital, he's like, what happened? And then they go, then they cut to the hospital where Lily is a literal human bruise, and like I can't figure out why they would call Sam before they would call Josh right? like, or I Carmen. T- like Carmen's like her. I thought her like go to. Like that was that would should have been Carmen running to Josh. But so Josh is like 
devastated, walks in, talks to Lily, and Lily's like, I don't know what to do. I had to stand up for myself. And then she's like, if... It was so, it was, again, so over-the-top preachy. She says, if sticks don't work, they're going to start using stones. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, I, I wrote that down too, uh, they want their world homogenized, and I don't want to live in this world. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, homogenized is the word. Oh, Back full god. circle. Uh, and and then yeah. she like she basically says like Josh is just mad because he wasn't there and Josh starts crying and Josh is like I should have been there and she's like we can't quit this now I'm like oh my god this is like white people the episode oh but and wait so- <laughs> we haven't reached the peak <laughs> well, of white people is, the episode the peak of this white is people. where the white people it's like the fuse has been lit and now it goes like off like off the fucking chain and so. Um, she, of course, at this point, literally in passing, Brooke just, you, you need the scene where Brooke joins, because otherwise it would have made no sense, and Brooke <laughs> comes running up, and she's like, can I join your club? Yeah, be quiet right now, Brooke, we're on a crusade. And so we literally get white people the crusade, yes. the whole wrap-up because, montage. Because, well, yeah, because remember, you can't have empathy for what others are going through unless you've been through it yourself. Oh, God. It's what this episode is saying. And so, it's like, nobody, nobody cared about gay Brian, or any of that until they experience it exactly and so and then even brooke Brooke only cares after her boyfriend and told her he was religiously uh, crucified Ah, again Uh, but so uh so they go running around town literally i'm not even exaggerating before they go running around town the first one that yelling at people who are racists we gotta get to the baseball that they do though is the baseball though straight people save the day because baseball first Yes. Oh my god, baby. Because the whole thing is instead of like Josh standing up to Les the cheerleader, he's like instead of saying like, you know, you're what you're saying is wrong and you're a homophobe and you're this and that, he's like, I'm really great at baseball and I will not play for your team. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's, that's how he stands up to homophobia. I will not play for your baseball team. And it's you're like a homophobe. Like, oh, what a terrible life you're gonna live, because now I won't be your friend. Like, it is such a bizarre point to take on the basis of homophobia. It's that, like, I, oh, if you're homophobic, I'm not gonna be your friend. That's the real punishment. Like, what? Exactly, Ew! homophobia Call is it out! <laughs> and I, don't, I think it was, yeah. <sighs> oh, God. I think it was accidental, but, you know, there's that whole, like, oh, he plays for the other team kind of phrase. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, even... I'm like, so now Josh is literally gonna play for the other team. Oh, it's great. I didn't even realize that. I don't think they were even doing that on purpose, though. I don't know. No, I don't think credit. they were thinking that far. <laughs> I don't think but, uh, they're smart enough for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, right? No. So then, on, after that, they, like, all... It's, like, literally, they were, like, born in fire, and they all see this, and they're just like, yes! And it's, like... It's Okay, I'm, it's gonna be a very specific thing, but it reminds me of, like, Clone High, when it's just, like... <laughs> literally riot where everyone oh just runs God. around rioting flipping things like oh. flipping the swimming pool where it's literally like they go from like it's because if you like lined up all the beats in the episode everyone had their being prejudiced moment which is you know there's the uh shop owner there are the uh women judging the interracial relationship there is um front desk guy the uh the oh my god the front desk guy being on two counts so they're, they're, like, basically, like, scenes that they walk into where they're, like, somehow they're able to track down some of these women. Like, I don't know how that's happening, but okay. So they track down, they, obviously the shop owner's there, they go over and they, they just, like, go down and it's, like, all, I think it's, like, all three of them and they all just walk up and they're, like, look, 
you're racist, that's crazy, and and then on top of it, they make fun of her for working in retail. I'm like, well, Jesus Sam, Christ. Sam's gonna return her dress that she bought, and then they're gonna call corporate and tell her about the tell the corporate about racial you should, profiling. Mm-hmm. You should probably start out with returning the dress because I don't know if that lady's gonna want to return it after they talk to her that way. <laughs> like, that was right, no returns, no exchanges. But she's going to call corporate and report her for being an asshole, basically. And, yeah, and um, then they follow and up and they, by going to the hotel and saving it from the elitist, the bigoted snobs yes. against fat people and Jewish people. It's like... And, and that, again, again, and they, they don't make it about the, the racism or the, the um, size It's about money. The, it's all about business. It's about money, and it's about the fact that, hey, when we call your CEO, surprise, he's a fat Jewish guy. Like, what... What? Like, that's terrible! Like, uh, of course, like, it, haha, he's gonna get his because he's flat and Jewish, but it's also, like, let's not make it about, like, see, this is why, like, like fat Jewish people on top. It's like, no, it should be about what you were doing yeah, was wrong. It's like, you should be you nice to fat Jewish people, because they might that's be your all boss. You do. Like, these are, they're trying to, like, it's, like we were saying, it's like they're on rampage, it's like, riot! And they just literally <laughs> aren't even, like, about what they're saying. Like, they're just saying things to piss people off and get back at them. Like, But you know what's... You know what? It's, in a way, it's a sad, like, portrait of a lot of things that happen in America and that people might still be racist and bigoted and everything, but if it's going to affect their job or their business, they'll keep it quiet. Exactly. Keep it under wraps. So it's not changing people's minds. It's just getting them to shut up about or it. Or fired so that they can't do anything. Yeah. So it's like... And it really is, like, like I feel like the, obviously I give a shit about human equality and everything, but when you get to that stereotypical, like, plenty of people will claim to be social justice warriors, and it becomes, like, this ridiculous, like, like, a like, joke of itself, which usually is not the case. Most people get pinned with that if they're just trying to be, you know, fighting for equality. This is, like, the bad side of it. This is, like, what people stereotype that as being. It's just people yes. running their mouths, yelling at people for doing bad things without actually addressing why they're bad, calling them out, educating them, or or just right. shutting them down. Like, you don't have to, it's not your job to educate people, but at least you could just try and say, like, here's why you fucked up, or here's why you are fucking up, or fuck you. You don't even have to explain why you're saying fuck you. Like, it, it was like, they were out on a rampage and had no bother to give them a reason why. And yeah, hey, tum- hey, Tumblr, this episode <laughs> is for you. But, uh, so, so they basically go, like, shot for shot with, e- with each person. Everybody looks, like, absolutely, like, mortified when they see them. And, ha ha ha, we got you. And again, it's all, but it's a gang of white people telling them how bad they are. One of which is a minority, so it's like, this is really rough, but okay. And, uh, so, the, after all of that, though, well, they go back to Lily, still in the hospital bed, and Mrs. Glass is like, yeah, I'm not gonna sponsor you guys anymore. I'm like, so the, literally the whole episode yeah. is Was pointless. pointless. That's and, not true. They all grew a little bit, and they all saved the day from racism. Okay, and and Mrs. Gla- and Miss Glass's reasoning for that is like, well, you're too young and idealistic. Again, like that's a horrible message for kids. Well, she, and yeah, she's saying like you don't understand why I'm doing, no, I'm quitting, and why I'm staying quiet because and they don't, you haven't been ruined by the world yet. Yeah, and they don't, they don't ever address it. They just were like, that's the fact. Like that is a fact as far as this show is it's concerned. It's because you haven't homogenized yet. And she literally walks out of the episode having that same mentality. She says, like, you're great, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, thank you for being a good, like, of course, like, an ally. And then, like, walks out and says, like, I'm gonna keep living in this terrible life that I have because I'm, I am not young and idealistic. 
and that's it. Like, as the show never goes back to it. So they just, like, have to, they basically, like, admit the fact that, like, like, prejudice wins. Like, that's kind of the ending, like, thing. It's like, they, they might still continue to do this outside of school, but for the end of the show, it's pretty much just the person who's the oldest of the group, who's really experienced the most of it, just says it wins. Like, I, I'm going to be prejudiced again. I'm going to be judged my whole life, and it's going to keep happening. End of story. Bye. Like, that's crazy that this is the whole episode. And then we get back to Brian Rose, who is saying the same thing, where it's like, people have so many fears about stuff they don't understand. I'm like, dude, you're the one spray-painting lockers. This might have not happened if you had not done that. But either way, she, uh, she, well, he's talking to everybody pretty much, just like, oh, um, I'm sorry this happened. And he says directly to Lily, like, um, my parents will sponsor the club if you want to come over. I'm like, Harrison already offered that. I'm like, this is bizarre, but okay. She suddenly takes him up on the offer. I'm like, you could have done this the first time and then stopped all this drama, but she needed the drama up until this point. So she, she and she does, her it up. she does apologize to Brian. Which I appreciated. They actually so did personal. have her saying, sorry for, she, she said, sorry for all those questions I was asking you. Those were out of line, which is like, thank you for at least acknowledging that show. Um, and then he, he explains things from now a place of, like, you know, sage wisdom, which up until this point, like, the episode could have been about him understanding the fact that he didn't need to hide from people he liked, which I guess is what you're, you're trying to get at the end of the episode is he was trying to, like, talk to them. But, like, they also have him spray painting her locker, which, again, is, like, some, somewhat of, like, a protecting yourself or self-hatred situation, but... These are, these are stuff that never gets addressed. Like, she, she when she finds out that he, he actually tells her in this moment, like, I spray-painted it, I'm sorry, she looks, like, shocked and then just, just glosses over it. Like, yeah, she gets over nah. it really like, easily. You should at least... That could be the whole episode, is her talking to him about it and, like, why it hurt her. And, like, but he's like, well, you don't understand because I've actually been called that. Like, you probably have not. That kind of stuff. Like, those are things that you could actually get into. Never bothers with it. Just glosses right over and then he now he's coming like he knows all about like this whole crusade even though he's been avoiding it the whole episode and, like, and he's like <laughs> doesn't he at one point say like wasn't he the one who's like oh yeah no you know my parents are liberal jews who campaigned for clinton yeah. twice but they yes. don't know he's gay yeah he hasn't exactly. Not yet. Not yet. Yet, even though they're like extremely liberal. Which is, I mean, take your time, dude. But like, let's not like let's not start out the episode with you being like super, super overcompensating, like bigoted to her, and then like turn around and make you like the sage voice of wisdom at the end. Like, exactly. You like, can't I, have it both ways. Yeah, if you're building are. up a character whose like entire concept is internalized homophobia, then how do you just like end it like this? As but though the, nothing had ever happened except for just, like, hanging out. <laughs> and we'll never see you again now. on this show. Yeah, um, never see you again. Bye. Bye. They, this, this character really was just a prop. And it and they went so big with this storyline with, like, including all these other types of prejudice. When they really should have just focused on, like, that level. And kept it within the school and kept it about, like, this new kid and how he's being treated and how he's reacting and everything. And that would have been a more interesting storyline to me. It wouldn't have been so ridiculous. Yeah, and I will say that this is something that even though I don't like Lee much at all beyond the first six episodes... Um, they did try and broach the same subject, I believe, with Dave Rose, which is mostly what this character was. He was kind of like Dave Rose 1.0. 
Um, which, again, he didn't get into the bullying aspect besides the spray painting, but you can kind of get the vibe. I mean, you can claim that the baseball thugs are, are also Dave Rose. It's like him and them together is Dave Rose. This is, this is what the, the beginning of that was, which is he is a bully because he hates himself, and that's a totally valid and interesting, unexplored for a lot of shows uh, plot you could get into. They barely sk- like touch the surface. All he does is spray her locker, and she doesn't exactly. even talk about that. Like that's something you could totally because that's like something that you could talk to kids about, and they should understand. Like, look, if you're gay and you hate yourself or you hate other people because of it, these are issues that need to be dealt. Like these are people that need to be reached because they feel like they can't talk to anybody because they hate themselves so much. They figure everybody has to hate them this much. Like those are people that need to be reached. And they are literally the the the, the amount that this episode gets into it is her saying, "Oh, that was you," and that's it. Let's like that's as close <laughs> as it gets to like dealing with that. Like he really has almost like he is almost like in the background for the whole episode, just kind of like the actual like gay character because there's no gay characters in the main cast, which is where this really could have dealt with it. But so he is like the background character who has. We need somebody who's gay, otherwise all this talking about gay stuff is gonna get kind of awkward so they like throw him in there to pretty much like police the other people into having a a physical representation of the kind of judgment you're talking about like it's it's not fair to him like to make him into this like scapegoat slash like i don't know like physical embodiment it's just not it's not it's bad enough for miss glass because that also feels kind of rough as well but at least she she's had a long storied history on the show of being kind of a bully and a villain so it kind of comes from a place of, like, they, they hate have issues with her as much as they do with, like, you know, right. she has issues with herself, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so they, they really don't even solve that. He, he offers his house and then literally is never heard from again. So, so. I, well, and this is, like, such a Ryan Murphy problem, and it's a similar problem that I think Aaron Sorkin has. Yes. They're very oh, different God. writers, but they have similar egos. In that they think that they can solve a huge world problem <laughs> yes. in 42 minutes of television. Yep. And it's like, it's like you know what, I think it's great that you want to touch on social issues, and I think, and I'm, I'm sure, there have been a lot of, for like this show and Glee, there have been a lot of kids that have been um, helped by things that they've seen mm-hmm. on these shows. But you're not going to solve the entire world problem of bigotry. Of course not. And I think Murphilurf has delusions of grandeur. Like Yes. I don't, he, he didn't solve it yeah, all oh, yeah. either, so he's he's really just never gonna get there, but he's and then, gonna keep oh, trying. God. Then the he had the time. new fucking normal too. Good God. Oh Jesus, I'm oh. proud of that. <laughs> How? Well you know you can solve all those know. problems. You can solve all those problems by having a bigoted grandma as one of your main characters. Yeah, guys. Of course. Of course. That's how that works. Well, so that was it. That's popular. I mean, that's definitely. I would. I would. I would definitely agree. It's the worst episode. If if not just for the lack of Mary Cherry and Nicole, it's definitely for all the other terribleness that it gets into. But um, I think but we kind of went over it. Do you guys have any wrap up thoughts? I mean, it has a great, great message, which is wipe fag off your locker together and and discrimination. Oh. That's that's really. <laughs> I forgot. We didn't even. That's how irrelevant this stupid fucking scene is. Is they literally. <laughs> He says, like, here, I hate this word. It's like, well, you're the one that sprayed it on there, but all right. So he, they're wiping it off together with, like, a wet rag. And, it's like, and that's it really how you is end like, discrimination. Oh. And meanwhile, Miss Glass had still quit sponsoring and walked off saying discriminated forever. Like, it is, 
It's so... It just, just doesn't know what it wants to say. Like, they should have had her continue to sponsor. Like, don't have that scene in there. At least that, that would... You know they got beat up, which is also insane. At least you could claim that it was ending on a good note. Instead, it just makes her just give up. And it's, it's sad. It's not very great a message for kids, no matter what they're saying, let alone if it's about homophobia, but... Oh, man. It's All just right, so a fucking downer. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I have one thing that I read, like, this morning. Mm-hmm. Did you know that in season three, Ryan Murphy had planned to make Sam a lesbian? What? I could totally buy that. But I could, too. I, oh, I'm I could totally that buy that. Happen. I mean, but it's just one of those, like, like suddenly she's well, a lesbian. She would have been because bisexual because you know, slept with guys on the show. Or I guess you could yeah. become a lesbian if you... Well, the cliffhanger, one of, well, there's two, like, big cliffhangers at the end of this season, which is another thing, you know, I guess the WB told Ryan Murphy to go ahead and write cliffhangers and that they were probably going to get renewed for season three, so he wrote these big cliffhangers and they got canceled. Yeah. Well, that was, that was also popular as, like, shtick, even though, like, there's only two seasons, it was still, like, even, like, episodes would end with cliffhangers at times. So one of the cliffhangers at the end of season two was whether Harrison was going to date Brooke or Sam. Like, they were forcing him to God, make this choice. God, that's right. So he was... Which is so absurd. Ryan, yeah. So Ryan Murphy said he was going to have Harrison choose uh, Brooke, mm-hmm. and then Sam was going to become a lesbian. Like, and then... He, I <laughs> do feel kind of robbed that we didn't get Carly Pope as a lesbian on the show. That would have been I know. great. <laughs> I would have loved that. Oh, God. There's not enough Carly Pope in this world in, to begin with. Yeah, so. that's very true. Oh. Yeah. Where are you, Carly Pope? But then we would have lost out on Jake 2.0 if this show Yeah, that's true. Oh so. yes. <laughs> Small miracles, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so if we've got anything else, we can get on the plugs. No, I think I'm good. good? All right. Lisa, what's up with you? Uh, as always, I tweet at It's Lisa E. And I blog at lisaerights.tumblr.com. And I'm writing at the Televixen. And if you're like me and you're Ryan Murphy trash, who will watch anything Ryan Murphy does? Yeah. To a certain extent. I have quit Ryan Murphy shows. But I watch everything. And um, I'm going to be writing about Scream Queens this fall. Because, uh, because God help I'm you. trash. <laughs> yeah. God, from Scream to Scream Queens, you're just... How are you going to survive, Lisa? <laughs> I, it's like everything I'm covering is a horror vibe. It's like I'm doing, gonna be doing Ash versus Evil Dead and Scream Queen. Oh, I thought you meant like terrible and appalling horror, but okay. Oh, no, but you know, some good horror too. So, okay, yeah. okay. A little bit of both. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Um, and then, what's up with you, Juan? Um, well, I am also on Twitter at uh, Whoa It's Juanito, W O A H It's Juanito. And, um,. I write for my own site that I run with my co-host of my own podcast, Duck in the Middle with You, which is just like 50% movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And, um, oh, the site's called dimthehouselights.com, and we write about movies, not TV. So, yeah, this is awesome. a, a rare TV occasion for me. Yeah. <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. Oh, Absolutely. No, Anytime I get to talk about Murph Alerf is like... <laughs> Truly, truly a dream come true. I did the Nip Tuck episode of the Televoid, so I'm kind of like, I'm killing it. (laughs) I'm so jealous. I'm so genuinely jealous. Ryan Murphy trash. That's in my biography somewhere. Um, I literally own Nip Tuck seasons one through three. Don't don't tell that to people. This is a publicly broadcast podcast. Oh, no, no, no. I want to add to this. Speaking of Aaron Sorkin, I literally bought 
the entirety of Newsroom Season 1 for a dollar oh. at a closing blockbuster. Of course, they only cost a dollar. <laughs> you, you overpaid. That's worth it, because even if you use it as a doorstop, you've got your dollar so exactly Exactly. (laughs) all right awesome well check that stuff out that's awesome and then um i'm i'm mar e on twitter uh next week's episode of the show is going to be will and grace season eight episode 11 bathroom humor so stay tuned for that um and then in the meantime you can find us on twitter at the televoid you can email us at the televoid at gmail.com you can rate subscribe review us on itunes and in the meantime thanks for wandering into the televoid guys see you next week Bye bye